0: Welcome to this episode of Focus Points. This is a series intended to help us as a church better understand our Bible as we read through the Bible together this year. We're gonna look at one book of the Bible each episode and try to answer one basic question. What do I need to know in order to get more out of reading this book? So, let's get started. Today we're gonna be looking at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is probably one of the most read books in the Bible, and I think that's rightfully so. It's practical, practical it's readable it only has 31 chapters in it so you can get through it in a month just one chapter at a time although really you probably need more in your life than just reading proverbs but we love it and that kind of makes a big challenge how do you how do we do a focus points on a book that we're very familiar with a book that has so many different topics because it covers all the spectrum of life. Any situation that we can think of is probably addressed at some point, at least in principle form, in the book of Proverbs. Well, I don't know if you're going to hear anything new today, but I would hope that you, as you come to the book of Proverbs this year, you'd come with it with this simple prayer in mind, Lord, help me to see this afresh And help me to have a tender heart to feel what you are trying to teach me and to know what you're trying to teach me through the book of Proverbs this year. And I think if you come with that type of a prayer, even if you've read it through countless of times in the past, you are going to see things, maybe not that are brand new, but at least you're going to see things in a different light and in a very fresh way. In order to help you kind of Figure things out in a fresh way, I'd like just to give you three ideas to think about as you read through the book of Proverbs this year before we actually get down to some of the teaching of it. First, just remember Proverbs is highly theological. All right, yes, it's very practical and down to earth, but all that practicality is based on who God is and what He wants. It's not just a self help book, it is a book for godly living. Second, Proverbs really only talks about four people in its entire book. Yes, there's all these different characters, but they're going to fall underneath one of the following four headings. The wise man, the simple, the fool, and the scorner. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, the wise man is just the godly man who fears God. And he asks the simple question, does this please God? And he goes by different names, too. Sometimes he's the wise, sometimes he's the godly, Other times he's called the virtuous woman or the righteous. That person is the wise man. The second person is the simple. The simple or the, uh, he is a, often you might hear him called the pethy fool or the naive. He's just kind of the sponge who soaks up everything that he touches. He's just following the crowd. He's known as my son in the book of Proverbs. He's the naive one, the one without any real sense. And he doesn't really ask any questions in life. He just follows. That's all he does. Then there's the fool, the fool is the person who's determined to live life his or her own way. It's Who does he follow? He follows himself. And this is the sluggard. This is the angry man. And when he comes to a life decision, his basic question is, does this make me happy? If it makes him happy, he's going to do it. Who cares about what God thinks? That's the fool. And then you have the scorner. The scorner follows after anything that God hates, and he loves it because God hates it. He's, he follows anything that is anti-God. This is the wicked person. This is the sinner. This is the strange woman in the book of Proverbs. And when he comes to a life decision, he looks at it, and he asks the simple question, does this hurt God? If this hurts God, then yeah, sign me up. I want to do it. And that is the scorner. So as you read through Proverbs and you want to see it just a fresh for the, just freshly, uh, think about it under those four characters, the wise, the simple, the fool, and the scorner. And maybe what you want to try to do is figure out, okay, this is talking about this type of person, which one of those four, four categories would this character uh, fall into? And then just realize as you read that Proverbs is full of Proverbs. All right. These aren't promises. These are generally true statements that God says, as a general rule, this is what will happen to the lazy person, or this is what will happen if you raise your child right. But these aren't explicit promises from God. So yes, God will bless the one who is wise, but not all wise men are filthy rich. God will say, yes, if you are a sluggard, you will be poor, but not every not every sluggard or lazy person is actually poor in our world. I mean, there has to be some millionaire or billionaire who doesn't do much and just doesn't want to do much, but inherited all his his money. But as a general as a general rule, this is what is true. Sometimes we can get ourselves into trouble when we look at proverbs as promises, especially ones that have to do with what will happen if you do a certain action, like if you train up your child absolutely, beyond a shadow of of a doubt, that child will always do what is right. Well, we know that that's not the case, that everyone has a free will. But when it comes down to it, as a general rule, if we as parents raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, they will continue to do what is right as adults. Proverbs is full of proverbs, not promises. So when we come to the message of the book of Proverbs, the message really is this. True success is living life God's way. True success is living life God's way. So this message of the book brings up an interesting question, and that is, how do I know what is God's way? How do I know how I ought to live my life so that I can be truly successful? And that brings us to the two main themes of the book of Proverbs. The first one is this, wisdom. All right? Proverbs teaches us wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? Well, wisdom in the Old Testament is used in two different ways, both of which have the idea of having a skill. There is a skill as far as a cunning and a technical trade that you could have. Uh, sailors in Psalm 107 verse 27, they have great wisdom in using the ship, okay? That's not talking about knowledge or this common sense. It's talking about a skill that they have. Uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 7, verse 14, I think it's Hiram in that passage, is talked about having great wisdom or this skill or cunning in the craft of building buildings and designing, and he was a big temple work, worker uh, under Solomon. So that's one way that wisdom is used in the Old Testament. You also have a second way, which is really the way that Proverbs tries to use the word wisdom. And that is, it's an ability uh, for common sense or discerning choices. So it's a skill that is developed that gives you the ability to make choices that are smart and choices that are discerning. But when we think of smart and discerning choices in uh, Proverbs, the wisdom that we're talking about isn't just smart living, it's not wise investments like you get rich on the stock market, it's having the common sense and the skill at life so that you can please and glorify God. The wisdom that in Proverbs isn't designed to make you rich, sorry if that's why you were hoping to read get out of the book of Proverbs, that's not going to help you get you rich. But it is to help you live a godly life before the Lord. So that theme of wisdom you're going to see throughout the book of Proverbs in a variety of different ways. But along with that theme of wisdom comes the second theme, and that is the fear of the Lord. Wisdom starts with a right view of God, which is the fear of the Lord. Um, I'm going to use as our verse to kind of talk about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. And you might have heard this before, uh, whether I think we went through it in Sunday school uh, sometime in this past year in one of our combined adults Sunday school classes, but we're going to talk about it again. So Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to be careful, first of all, not to sanitize that word fear. It really does mean trembling. It does mean afraid. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, there is a component to us trembling before God because we realize who he is and who we are compared to him. Yet at the same time that we don't want to sanitize the idea of fear of the Lord, we don't want to sensationalize it. Like if we're not falling down and quaking before God, somehow we are not fearing him. No, we can have a respect before God where we understand the difference between him and us. And we are concerned about stepping out of line, but it doesn't mean that that fear then paralyzes our every action. You think about a a young child who maybe he or she did something wrong, and they know that dad is coming home and that they have to talk to dad about it. Now I ask you, will they have the fear of dad in them at that point in time? Probably. And will that cause fear and trembling? Quite literally, it might. But let's say that that same child did something that was really good. They got a, all A's on their report card or they did something amazing to help their mom at home and they are waiting for their dad, who they love and respect, to come home. How is that the fear of dad going to be lived out in that child? Well, yes, they realize that dad's the authority, but yet there's an approachableness because they know that they have done right. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about just a knowledge of who God is and what he has done and who we are in light of him. And sometimes when we have the right relationship with God, that is just seen as respect. Other times when we know we've sinned, the fear of God is going to look like trembling because we know he's the father who's going to come and who's going to chasten us. But in that Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, just knowing who God is and what he is like, that is just the starting point. If I'm going to, wiz, if I'm going to live a wise life before God, I have to fear him. But living a wise life before God is more than fearing him. I need a knowledge of who he is, so I can remember what he has said, and I remember what he wants. And then I have to allow that fear to guide my every action. And so it's almost like I have this God consciousness at with me at all times, where I remember who God is, and in a specific situation throughout my day, I act in a certain way because this is what I know will please my God, and I do not want to disappoint him. Because at the same time that I respect him, I also tremble before him. So what might this look like? What might this look like in everyday life? Well, Proverbs gives us the picture of that. So we ask ourselves the question, all right, what does a wise man know about God? Well, a wise man knows a lot about God because of Proverbs. Proverbs 22:2. God created everything chapter 5:21. God sees everything. Chapter 16 verse 2. God judges or he evaluates everything. Uh, chapter 16:9, God controls everything. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 33. God blesses and curses. Chapter 2 verse 6, God gives wisdom. All these things the wise man realizes about God. So how does the, he then respond? Well, it is the wise man who says in chapter 2, and chapter 20, verse 9, uh, who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from sin. The wise man recognizes, I am a sinner. And then what does the wise man do? The wise man fears God. And then because he knows all the things that God is and does, what does the wise man do? He trusts God. Chapter 16, verse 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. In other words, the wise man looks at everything that he knows about God and he says, what do I need to do? Okay, I recognize my shortcomings, I fear the Lord, but then I go ahead and I trust God in everything because I know my God is watching and he is able to do what he has promised to do. So that is what the fear of the Lord might look like in the wise man's life. So as you read the book of Proverbs this time, there's a whole lot there. I hope you are truly blessed and encouraged by it. But perhaps just think about going through and categorizing everything you read under those four characters that are described, the wise, the, the simple, the fool, and the scorner. And then just ask, what does this teach me about the character and will of God? And how could this proverb that I'm reading guide me today into, a, into doing things that are going to please and glorify my God.